Hello and welcome to Music Rules. Let's do it! Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode seven of Music Rules with Fen and Jack. I am your host, Jack. And I am your host, Fen. <laughs> Fen Idol from Australian Idol. That is not a joke. Look it up. It yeah. happened. As it seen on Australian cool. Idol, <laughs> as seen on TV. Today, we are here to talk about a band called Terms and their brand new album. All becomes indistinct. And then at the end of the episode, we're going to debut a song that I've written in the style of terms that I'm really proud of. So I hope you stay for the whole time and listen to the song because it would mean the world to me. (laughs) 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 All right, on with the show. I think it's the freshest album we've talked about on the podcast yet. Um, because as of as of recording, it came out, I think nine days ago on the twenty first of April. I'm pretty sure. So this yeah. this this baby is new. This baby is brand new. It is fresh. This baby is um, yeah, just straight out the womb. It's got that smell, you know, the new baby smell. Yeah, and the also smell pr- on the and it's got a an unformed skull. Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, the skull is a bit soft. Uh, maybe there's a bit of placenta there. I don't know. Do people? Is it? The, <laughs> it's not the placenta people keep on. It's the um, the thing that's near the belly button, the cord. Yeah. Or, or do they? Are they? Do they cut the cord? I don't know. I've never had a baby before. <laughs> there is no way of knowing what happens until you actually have your own baby. I assume. I haven't bothered looking it up. Anyway. <laughs> Right, and we're back. Had a little bit of crappy internet issues mm. once again. You know, I've recorded um, one podcast yesterday. I was on MathCast, um, and then I recorded one this morning with MathCast because the internet cut out yesterday. And now we're here doing it again. And guess what? The internet just sucks. Yeah. In Australia, it's, the internet is very It doesn't bad. get in any easier. <laughs> I feel like we've we've done basically everything we can do to make it better. Mm. Um, maybe we ought to hook up in person and do a few. That could yeah, be fun. yeah, that would be that would be very fun. Yeah, sweet. Um, okay, so back to it. Right. We're here to talk about terms um, and their new album. All becomes indistinct. Now, terms is a band signed to the Skingraft Records record label. And they release really cool, really weird music that I adore. And Terms is certainly no exception. Um, so in Terms, we have Danny Pichocchi on drums and Christopher Troll on guitar and bass. Um, I hadn't heard Danny before this record, but I know of Chris from his other work in Grand Yulina and Yowie. And... I've got lots to say about him and I think a lot of my kind of discussion and a lot of my points will be pretty focused around guitar because that's kind of my area. 
Um, so just a bit of warning for that. Um, so let's begin by just playing a freaking song.
was Bluster Guts from Terms. And can I just say, my guts have been totally blustered by that track. <laughs> it was awesome. Nice. And it's got nothing to do with the night you had the uh, the previous night. Definitely not. Yeah. <laughs> the night you had the previous night. You know what I mean. Yeah. That um, night last week or whatever. Yes. Yeah, that's or right. Or one week in the future, out. depending on how we release these. That's true. <laughs> the night that happened one week and a half ago. Um, so... Uh, here we are. I mean, look, like I have a bit of a context for this style of music that maybe you don't as much because I like I very much kind of live and breathe um, atonal guitar, like kind of, you know, off kilter rhythms, that sort of thing. Um, what, what what are your sort of thoughts on this song? Like what, what did it what did it bring for you? Yeah, that's interesting because you're right. I don't I generally don't listen to this style of music um but i've listened to stuff like battles a lot in the past so i guess that's kind of my point of reference um mm. for this kind of instrumental proggy stuff uh, but i really i really enjoy it um it's really mm. fun to listen to and it's nice to listen to something different than my normal taste that's been one of the fun things about the podcast in general is like yeah you can show me yeah. a cool album and then i get to dig into it yeah, yeah, super fun. I feel I feel the same way regarding what you've been showing me. It's really really cool. Um, nice. Uh, I think we have quite similar tastes, but just kind of different, different yeah. styles in a way. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, yeah, this I, I'm very familiar with Chris's playing from Yowie. Um, I figured out how to play a Yowie song once by watching um, a video of Chris performing it. Yeah, and. Yeah, it was it was on an old iPad like six years ago, and I remember just sitting there and just skipping back and focusing in and trying to figure out what the hell he was playing. And I remember it being quite difficult. And I found him on the internet on Facebook, good old like um, stalker behavior. <laughs> and I sent him a message and I said, "Hey, Chris, I love the new Yowie video. I think your playing's great. I think it's amazing." Um, any chance you could tell me what tuning you use? Mm. And he got back to me and he not only told me the tuning, but he sent me something like, you know, maybe like a one and a half page to two page list of every single time signature in that song that I was trying to transcribe. Trying oh my to God. Learn. Wow. Um, and it was, I mean, it was such a fantastic and kind thing to do yeah. because it really sort of did help out. But I think also it kind of speaks to the willingness of people within this community to kind of just share and um, yeah. there's really, there's not much secrecy in terms of ideas or anything like that. The other interesting thing is, um, is the fact that the way he sent it to me was just numbers. So it wasn't yeah. like any sort of notation. It was just like, oh, this is a quick three, three, two, 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 three, three, two, two section yeah. and then this is the same three three two two section but flipped backwards and it was um yeah. i really like how these sorts of bands kind of they create their own languages for how they talk about music yeah i mean um, that's an economical way to do it like just doing the mm. numbers yeah um, of, course. of the groups not worrying too much about time signatures and things like that yeah because I, I guess it would get to a certain point when you're composing music like this it kind of feels like Maybe if you're putting everything into a specific 
like like notating it in a specific way um it can kind of it, it passes its usefulness after a while and I, and in the end it's probably easier just to talk numbers um but yeah there's some really interesting things happening in this song um at 110 there's this section that begins where it's just guitar and drums and it sounds like the guitar is improvising and the drums were added later mm. um i sent chris uh, sent Christopher a message about this and he confirmed that fact that yes, the guitar was improvised in that section Yeah, and Danny just kind of empowered it and gave it context and made wow. it sound really cool. That's awesome. Um, Reminds me of like, um, sometimes you'll see videos of like a peep show, a monologue from the TV show Peep Show and like somebody's mm. playing drums to the monologue uh, oh, in, yeah. in time with like this spoken word thing. Um it's almost a bit like that. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I, I think it's very similar. I think, um, uh, what's the other one that was really good? There's a New York drummer, um, Dan, Dan Weiss, Dan, Dan Weiss, um, another guy who's Dan, and he did one for the FedEx commercial. Okay, you just dropped the fence. I need to be in New York on Monday, LA on Tuesday, New York on Wednesday, LA on Thursday, New York on Friday. Got it. Got it. Um, it's really good. I'll, I'll leave a link in the show notes to nice. that. But uh, yeah. So... And then it kind of continues on. Another thing that happens in this song and kind of just throughout the whole album and probably look probably throughout a lot of Chris's um, kind of just voice as a musician is extremely low tuning and um, very, very big prominent bends. So there's that yeah. theme that's about like 347. It goes... I love that part. Yeah, me too. It's it's got these lovely like, and I think it sounds like there's tracked guitar in your left and right ears. Like it's very stereo, very like, very in your face, um, and it kind of reminds me. Have you heard of the Vietnamese scalloped fret guitars by any chance? No. So they're just like they're these guitars that are made in Vietnam. And what it is, is it's just like a normal Fender copy. Like it just looks like electric Fender guitar, but they scallop out the frets underneath. So there's like a space kind of like, it almost becomes like a, like a peeper. If you know that Chinese instrument where, where you sort of, you, you put your finger on the fret and it plays a note, but you push down with your finger and it goes, boing. can do sort of like bends of like up to like a a fourth or even higher maybe right um so the low tuning of the guitar makes it easier to do the bends right because there's less tension in the string yeah yeah and i've seen chris's guitars christopher's guitars i I don't think he's playing scalloped scalloped however you say it scalloped fretboards but i do know that he's playing in um low tunings I think I think he from memory it's he plays from low to high C G D G B D I think it's something like that yeah, yeah it's an interesting <laughs> tuning um, but yeah you get that really floppy low um, bottom string that yeah means you can be really expressive yeah hmm. one thing that it reminded me of is the playing of Ornette Coleman. I don't know if you've listened to much uh, Ornette Coleman, but he's one of the, he's like the innovator of what we call free jazz. But when you listen to his playing, it's like 
essentially it's like he's trying to break the instrument somehow or mm. just find new ways to express himself within the confines yeah. of the instrument it's like yeah. he's just doing everything possible like bending the sound um mm. you know making sounds that you didn't think were possible on the saxophone um and that's what i feel like chris is doing with his guitar playing as well it's like he's just trying to make sounds that you've never heard a guitar make before or you know he's just really pushing the limits of what is possible on the instrument which is what i find super cool Absolutely. Um, and it's super expressive and yeah like cool to listen to especially mm. for instrumental music like i feel like it needs that expressive it quality it um, does. in order to be interesting I, I also had written in my notes that and the fact that I think the tones on this album are all very varied, which I think helps to tell the story um, to yeah. kind of carry a narrative through these songs. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I also had here, Danny's playing is like a guitarist's dream. It is so groovy and supportive, although at times it is hard to tell who is supporting who. Or if yeah. they're both just on a freaky journey together. Yeah. He is an incredible drummer. Holy mm. moly. Just yeah. seems like the kind of person who has played so much drums, studied so much drums, and has so many weapons in his arsenal, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Like, I bet he can play, like, whatever polyrhythm, like, you gave to him or whatever. And then, but then in this band, it's probably more, a lot looser and, like, more improvised Um but he's just able to do all these like really complex stuff because he's just a brilliant drummer. Mm. Yeah. I, th I think maybe the best kind of evidence of that or the best kind of, um, what's the word? Like, yeah, the best evidence in support of that fact is probably the improvised section where yep. Chris is just playing improvised guitar. And then, yeah, Danny's given it all this powerful support and context to really make it explode. Yeah. Um, I've done the opposite once. I had a project called Changers um, with a Sydney drummer called Miles Thomas. We only released one song, but he sent me, he sent me like an, him improvising for like 10 minutes and I just grabbed a bit and then wrote guitar to it. Yeah, and that's cool. Yeah. It's, that's it's a cool fun. way to it's, do things. Yeah, it feels like, it feels very intimate in a way. Because <laughs> mm. yeah, it's totally. like, you're like engaging... Um, you're engaging in the minutia of someone's improvisation. Like it's a, yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Let's yeah, move on. I, yeah. Oh, sorry. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say when I was listening to this, I had no idea it was two people. Like I thought it yeah. was a, like a full, like big band and everything. But um. yeah, yeah, I, I, it's awesome that it's two people. Yeah, it is. It's nice. It's like, I th and I think some of it, and this trans, trans this transitions really well into what we're about to talk about because we're going to now listen to the song Points for Composure.
there it is. Points for composure. Um, we were talking a little bit about Ornette Coleman before, so yeah, it's kind of fun to have a track that could almost be um, put into like a kind of jazz context. Yeah, definitely. It's funny that like I was so shocked when I was listening to this album, and then all of a sudden there was like a soprano saxophone. It was like a soprano saxophone drop in what is this like the the tenth track? Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> and it starts so suddenly. It's so it's yeah. awesome. Yeah, this yeah. song it, uh, it reminds me of another jazz of a jazz standard uh, called "Evidence" by Thelonious Monk. Uh-huh. Um, I'll, I'll sing some of it for you right now. It goes a bit a, a little, little a little something like this. Take it away. Bum. Bum, 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 ba da, bum, ba da, bum. <laughs> My friend, that is swinging. Yeah, I feel yeah. like in 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 that in that like last five seconds, I was just transported to like a jazz club. Yeah, by... <laughs> but it's like a I was really just there in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really hard song to play because it's like all of these hits that are really specific but interspersed at, right. in these strange places within the time signature um can i maybe I, can i look up the sheet music while you talk about it yeah what yeah sure. it thelonious monk evidence by thelonious monk yeah sweet um yeah and i feel like they're doing a similar thing where at first like you hear like oh it feels like there are just random spurts of sound but then mm. you have to kind of logically think but how are they playing it all together at the same time how the drums setting up each hit that is yep. extremely hard to do yeah um, i'm, I'm looking at the music impressive. you're not wrong it is there they're very much like offset by like a quarter note and then like a um, 16th and it's kind of yeah it does yep. look really tricky yeah yeah so it reminded me of that song because they're both doing that thing with the hits where they're kind of i think evidence mm. is probably more a lot simpler than um, points for composure, but similar Sim- music. Similar idea. concept, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, um, I heard this, and it immediately made me think of a Brisbane slash Melbourne band called Milton Mango. Do you know of these guys? I know of them through your Instagram stories. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, and I know you're talking about how like Andy Schoff is like, um, like a like a guy you evangelize, like music that you like to evangelize to people. Milton Mango is definitely my band I like to evangelize. Um, nice. They're great. I mean, they're like a similar sort of setup. It's like bass, drums, and then sax. Um, I think the sax player plays tenor, Andrew. Hmm. I'm not really sure though. I don't really, I don't really know much about saxophones um but yeah it's 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 the lower and bigger one that isn't a baritone so i'm assuming Mm. that's tenor that's the tenor yeah um yeah i this this track immediately jumped out at me because um i wrote like while i'm really glad that this album like chris and danny weren't worried to like add, add, add more add in more layers than there are people like i think that's really cool and it's kind of like um, probably one of the plus, one of the upsides of doing a project via correspondence like this. Um, but I also really love that there's tracks every now and then that are just um, like they, you, you could be standing in a room and hearing this being played live. Like it's just guitar, drums, and sax. 
Yeah. And it's kind of refreshing in a way. Um, yeah. Uh, and I think on that, I'd love to see it live. So you guys should learn how to play it live and do post a video of it. <laughs> Cause I, I want to, I want to hear it. Um, yeah. So that is also, I think half of it was improvised. Um, because Chris told me that half of it was improvised. And I think from the middle section onwards, it sounds to me like it was um, pre-written. Unless yeah. Chris just can randomly pull out like a riff in like 31, 8, 16 or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, and just kill it. But yeah. It was insane to me how the drama was like setting up the hits in that second section and maintaining this consistent pulse. Um even while the hits were so syncopated. Yeah. That is super hard to do. It is super hard. Yeah, it's and it's but it's it's a nice kind of I don't know. It's nice as an audience member or as like a listener. Yeah. As a listener to be able to kind of have something to propel you through these rhythms, like a consistent hat yeah, or crash or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cool. So that was points for composure and the sax player our soprano sax player was a person by the name of david pate thanks david you did really good i look forward to hearing you more okay so the last track we're going to talk about today is the song sleep until it's colder and i believe this is actually the last track off of the album um that's right yes so let's listen to it three two one Music.
Wow. Um, what a yeah. song. What a tune. Yeah, I think that's a quite uh, quite nice climax to kind of deliver at the end of the album. Yeah. That last section is so lit. There's no other word for it. It's so it extremely a, lit. It is 100% lit. Boom. And the rhythm of it is so cool because, yeah. like, they introduce that guitar riff, boom, and then the bass goes, and so, like, you're feeling it in four or whatever, like, uh, simple time, and then all of a sudden, like, the there's, like, this seismic shift to this kind of more triplet feel, compound time feel. Mm. And then there's that bar of one at the end of that pattern as well, which is so, so sick. Yeah. 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 I, I had that written as six, 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 seven. Whoa. Um, so bar of 31. Very, uh, I think. Devilish. Ooh. If there's six, four six. sixes, maybe it's, maybe it negates it. Yeah. I don't know. Seven is lucky, so. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I need to brush up on my numerology. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We talk about a lot of numbers on these uh, on these we do. episodes. <laughs> we do. We should find out what they mean. Um, yeah. Hey, when you heard the very beginning of this song, did it remind you of anything specifically? I don't think so. The um. It um. Uh, is it microtonal? It, I feel like I feel like it's very like, um, it's very like detuned kind of guitar, like yeah. very like, yeah. W- once again, lots of those bends. But um, to me, it just reminded me of working at a music school, <laughs> which is why I asked you that, because <laughs> it sounds like a it sounds like someone running a scale up and down. Yeah. Um, I wrote in my notes here. The opening riff sounds like something I used to sarcastically do at an old music school I taught at. Um, not the one that we taught at together. This is a different <laughs> one where they treated me very poorly and paid me badly. So The one that I still work at, you mean? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not that one. Um, <laughs> the, 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 this was one oh, far out. Like, how long? How old am I now? Tw- yeah, literally, literally 13 years ago or longer. Um, the walls in between all the rooms were like paper thin. It was one of those ones where you get given a room that's like, it's, you're basically like, um, you're basically stuck in this very loud space where there's all of this bleed from the other rooms. So you can hear everyone playing drums, singing, doing whatever songs they were doing back in 2010. Um, and I used to hear like singing teachers next door to me running like the scales, like, Mama me mama mama me mo be mo ma na 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 um and they just sort of kept going and I remember I hated this school so much I just used to play the <laughs> I just used to play the scale um on the piano a semitone flat from them mm. every time they were singing <laughs> just because it's out of sheer spite for my situation and everything. Yeah. Um, it sounded disgusting and I'm sure it was very upsetting for everyone involved because <laughs> they could undoubtedly hear me oh, as yeah. much as I could hear them. Well, it's good practice for them. Yeah. You know, you gotta, maybe they'll be getting some gigs for like, um, what's it called? Webern operas or whoever. Yeah. Schoenberg. Um, 
Yeah, Schoenberg. Yeah, they, they need to know their atonal. Um, yeah. They need to anyway. develop their inner ear. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, they need to push on. Um, but yeah, that's kind of what it sounds like to me. I think the, the tone as well is very funny. Like it almost sounds like it could be like a, just a completely DI guitar. Like it's a really naked tone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. It's, and then it, of course, starts to blast um, a little way in. Everything comes in together. Um, and before it cuts out to that, uh, you know that section at 202? I, I realize there's a lot of ideas in this song, but it's the bit where it all cuts out and there's just bass and drums and it goes Oh yeah. I really yeah. love that. It's a um, Yeah. It's something You know they do they do a, a perfect um four against three polyrhythm. There. Yeah. And, and, and look, I mean a lot of people can play a four against three polyrhythm. But mm. it's very easy to play it and not have the right feel. It, mm. It's almost like hard to describe how like th have the right almost tension and release in the way that you play it and make it even and like properly bouncing off the pulse in a really yeah. specific way. They yeah freaking nail it. They freaking nail it. They do. I almost and, swore. And, oh, we don't we don't swear. That's here. how passionate I was about that. Uh, <laughs> them nailing a four against three polyrhythm. <laughs> yeah, I. I, I really like it because it's a thing that I think I've heard Chris do before. Actually, I know I've heard him do it before. I just don't know if he wrote it. There's um there's a song called Mysterium Tremendum um, off of the Yowie record Synchromysticism. And at about 2.20, it's kind of the only instance of Yowie ever playing in 4-4 for more than like five seconds. But... They have this riff. So they go into that triplet thing and then it goes back to the four. But they do the same thing where they just keep on doing triplets in a way that doesn't really resolve evenly. Yeah. Very cool. And I don't know. It's just kind of fun, like sort of listening to this and knowing he's playing. You sort of, like we're talking about with Andy, you sort of get an ear for little ideas and little things that they use musically that kind of makes up their, um, makes up their, what's the word? Artistic. Their sound and yeah. Their sound, their, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, their, their style as an artist. Yeah, their aesthetic. Um, I also wrote, there's a very specific one that I'm going to put in in post, which is really funny, but he does this bend in um, 103 at the plummet section. Which is the exact same bend that he does at 537 in Ineffable Dolphin Communion by Yowie. It's this exact same note and it's so distinctive. That's so funny. Um, it's funny how like the actual key, the actual pitch of something uh, can really trigger like a, a memory of a song. Yeah. So like I just played a chord the other day in one of my theory lessons and two of my students started singing this one specific song. That they wow. both that started with that chord. Um, what was the song, if you don't mind me asking? I have no idea. It was like a K-pop song. Oh um, right, but I don't remember the yeah. name or the band. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, it's like sometimes you'll hear like a traffic light or whatever, like some weird beep, mm. and you'll be like, all of a sudden you're thinking of a song, and it's because mm. it's the same pitch or it's in the same key. I love that. Generally, I love that. And yeah, and, it's insane. And and I find it really cool as well that um completely atonal music and yet it's still that pitch 
was meaningful. So maybe Schoenberg was right. What was, what was he saying yeah. about how people would be whistling atonal tunes in the 21st century? You can, yeah, you can definitely have catchy um, atonal music. Like, mm. I mean, I was singing the riff from this song just before. I don't know. I don't know if you'd call this completely atonal, but um, no, it's definitely like a there's a key center, right? Yeah, that's that's actually so maybe it's like chromatic or yeah, whatever. Well, so, you something would I noticed with that. this album is like I think. If you were to meticulously listen to it and go through every single track and try and keep track of when it's tonal, when it's atonal, I think it, you'd have a, a pie chart with just a slice in the middle because I think mm. it is so evenly distributed between um, atonality and tonality. Um, yeah. yeah. I'd be curious if he like uses particular scales or anything. I, I assume he probably doesn't... like. Mm think too hard about that mm. i assume it's probably not like oh i'm gonna use an octatonic scale but um <laughs> yeah but I, yeah this i wonder if he's got some like some patterns that he maybe likes to play on, for sure yeah overall I, there's a sound to the tonality that's consistent in the album yeah. I, I think patterns is definitely the right word because i think on account of the unique tuning system that he's using i'd say it's probably likely that um he has shapes that he plays on the guitar that sort of give a specific tone color or specific kind of way to play chords. Um, yeah. Yeah. Can I paint you a mental image of me listening to this album? Paint it away. So I'm on my way home from work um, at the previously mentioned music school, um, <laughs> who does actually treat me very well. Yes. Um, yeah. My boss treats me like her second son or whatever. Uh, one time, one time I showed up with wet clothes and she gave me all these clothes to wear Aww. and put my clothes in the dryer and stuff. That's so nice. I just want to provide the counterpoint to Jack's experience, which was a bad one by all accounts, not the best. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm on my way home from work. It's like pitch black. I'm riding a bike along a path by a river and I have a head torch on and I am listening to this album extremely loudly. Um, <laughs> And, like, there are all these, like, trees, like, just, like, rushing past me because I'm riding quite fast. And it's just, like, it was such a <laughs> thrilling uh, experience, like, listening uh, to it like that. Awesome. And just hearing the build in this song, like, mm. as I was, like, riding, like, along a river in Campsie or whatever, like, mm. it was the, so the, the most polluted cool. river in Australia, did you know? Really? The Cooks, the Cooks river? river? Yeah. Wow. There was a Vice That's documentary sad. about it. Oh. It's, it's bad to look at. I mean, yeah, I, I like it. I live right on the river, but, um, I mean, I just like that it's a body of water and there are like pelicans and stuff there every now and then when when I was cleaning it up, it's, it's getting slightly better. I think that's good. When I was there during um, the lockdowns, that river was a saving grace despite all the grossness of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And and there are definitely times when it smells and, um, yeah. I'll be uh, sitting in my house and thinking, what is that smell? And then I realize that it's the river. <laughs> but um, but it's also because it's on a mangrove and like mangroves mm. just smell anyway. They so do, yeah. I don't think yeah. it's because of the pollution. I think it's just, well, maybe it's part, you know, yeah. column A, column B. Maybe a bit anyway, of both. we're not that- here to talk about the pollution levels of the cooks river no not that, that's our that's our um that's our sister podcast um yeah that we also run called um e- ecoactivism rules 
but <laughs> you, 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 you can find that, um, you can find that yourself. So, uh, we're talking about, um, where was it? Oh yeah. So yeah, you were driving through, you were riding through, rushing through the trees, they're all sweeping past. Yeah, I and think it's pitch black, and my only light is like this head torch, so I can only see like four meters in front of me, and think, like a bit on either side. Yeah, it's so great. <laughs> I want to ask, what was your reaction to the solo at the very end at about four twenty-two? I, I I call it a solo, but maybe it's not technically a solo. It's yeah. the bit that um, if you want to listen to it, you can. But it's it's the no, bit no, I that, I remember uh, yeah? from the from the song. Yeah, yeah, I. I honestly, I only just noticed the solo now. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like I've listened to the album a couple of times, but um, yeah, um, yeah, that specific solo, I was like, oh yeah, he's like really, it's like really fun. It's like a yeah. really fun solo. Yeah, I so I so agree. Yeah, as soon as I heard that, I was like, this is like the wildest creative choice to make. Like it is so yeah. so funny. Um, yeah, it's kind of like, I think everything like in like what he's playing, plus like what the tone is um and it's all like the fact it's very pentatonic like it's almost like kind of like a, a like a classic rock guitar solo like burden just this like you know just really so pentatonic and just to have yeah. it at the end of this crazy odyssey of an album and you know crazy odyssey of a song with all these different moving parts and tempo and time signature changes it's, i loved it yeah. yeah great choice yes um yeah I, I appreciate the humor and if it wasn't meant to be humorous i'm sorry <laughs> 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 but I, I i feel like it was definitely intended to um kind of add something to the song that wasn't already there and it did very good yeah it's funny like that you can express all these emotions with um, purely instrumental music. Like yeah. you can do something that is like ironic or mm. whatever. Like you yeah, can have tongue in these cheek. emotions. Yeah. 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 Like I remember there's this whole debate about the end of Shostakovich's fifth symphony about how um, it's very, very insistently major key. Right. Um, But it was written under Stalin and like it had to be... A it had to way. have this like triumphant ending or whatever yeah. um and he wrote that it like he what he had in mind when he was writing it is it's like people being forced to celebrate uh. um because it's so insistently major key and there's a pedal point throughout <laughs> like the the last three minutes of it like this dominant pedal point there's like 300 like quaver a's played in the violin one part or something it's just like (laughs) and just this huge brass and like everything is so over the top um i'll have have to put that in just just as an example of like something where the emotion is not like it's not happy it's not sad Mm. it's like really specific but only um shown in musical means you know what i mean yeah there's there's like, like there's you don't no, need lyrics to yeah and yeah. not even like the title of of like the song or anything it's just it exists purely purely as an interpretation of what's going on musically yeah yeah yeah, yeah you can do yeah so before we ironic or weird yeah before we do it and wrap or before we wrap the album and go into my song i just want to bring up some little f- facts actually no i don't no i don't really need to 
Um, That'll okay. do us for the album. Let's listen to my song. Are you okay, excited? Do you want to listen to my song? I am excited. Okay, that's good. I'm super excited. Give me a second. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to force it. You know. <laughs> I don't want to force the mood. <laughs> if we just want to finish without it, like I'm chill with that. Um, yeah. I'm actually scared. I'm scared to listen to the song. Oh, it's pretty. <laughs> I think it's maybe scary. I don't know. Okay. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Give Give me a countdown. One, two, three. Music. <laughs>
yeah. That's a good song. <laughs> Thank you, Fed. <laughs> <laughs> that was incredible. That was awesome. Thanks so I much. I love the section from about 245. And I love the piano drop. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's so cool how like hearing the same thing but played on a different instrument mm. gives you a totally different kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was funny when I was writing this, I thought for some reason there was piano on this album. I don't know why I thought that because I'd already listened to it, but yeah, there's not piano, but there is usage of like violin and sax. So yeah. yeah. And you know, why not? Why not have piano? Why not? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt like that 247 section kind of came through as a chorus a bit. Like I get, I, I think I unconsciously kind of recreated this section in um, sleep until it's colder. Um, yeah. The one that's like, two, it's one that's at 220. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like these melodic sections followed by like some really loosey goosey guitar, chromatic stuff, like big yeah. bends and things. So um I also put in a section where I improvise guitar and then wrote drums to it. Um, yeah, I was wondering whether you use that as a songwriting method. Yeah. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Because, I, yeah, I was wondering while I was listening, like, how do you go about writing something like this? Because this to me is like something I could, I, I can't even begin to wrap my head around kind of writing it. Do you notate majority of it? Um, or... um. Is it, it more just playing in the, the in the um, in GarageBand or whatever? Yeah, I just played in Ableton. Yeah, um, and and the I like the riff ideas would come in and I'd just do them. It's kind of yeah. like, um, yeah, just I tried to just write really unselfconsciously and just mm-hmm. like I think I think one of the biggest difficulties with this style of music isn't so much playing in difficult time signatures as it is playing like finding a way to string sections together that makes sense and is coherent. Um, Yeah. I think if if I could be a little bit critical of my composition, um, I think this is something that Terms did really well. Um, Mm. Whereas I I sort of made my song, I think I I spent like six hours on it or something. Um, And I sort of just strung it together in a way that was like, oh, well, I introduced this theme here and now I'm going to put it here as like a transition. And um, yeah, yeah. When, when I do tempo transitions, I try to make them um, somewhat close to the original tempo yeah. um, as a way to put it in. But yeah. Um, yeah, cool. Trying to think of anything else. Yeah, it's, it's complicated. Like, um, yeah, you definitely had like, it was cool to hear like so many there were so many different ideas uh, within the one song mm. and like so many different kind of sound worlds. Like it was a really fun journey through all these different pieces. Um, yeah. yeah thanks. Cool, I, I, cool I, I sort of just it. tried to, yeah, kind of just tried to copy their, their way of doing things. I, I will say something funny that happened was I, I went on this bit of an obsession trying to get my drums to sound as real as possible. <laughs> Um, my MIDI drums. Drums sounded good. Ah, oh, thanks. Yeah, I I got yeah. the Get Good Drum VST. Um, nice. But the the thing that thing that I found really difficult was velocities. So, like mm. for people who don't use MIDI or haven't used it before, 
you, you can basically adjust how hard like a snare drum is hit or any yeah. drum for that matter um, by using velocities. And I know for this one, I, um, yeah, I had to really mess around and get in and tinker with velocities to try and make it sound at all natural. Human. And human. Yeah. And, um, I've got to automate the velocities. Yeah, <laughs> you do. You do. You got to make it sound real. And the other thing I did was I tried to take the drums off the grid as much as possible. Oh, okay, yeah. But I will say, I think I took it too far because I listened to Danny's playing and Danny's really tight. <laughs> and my yeah. drums, by comparison, are kind of sloppy. So maybe they're a bit too human. I was like, while I was listening, I was kind of imagining how this could sound as like a Basil's Kite song, you know, with mm. Isaac um, yeah. playing drums. And I think that would be like really sick. Yeah. Um, so I did kind of have that in my head, but um, yeah. Yeah. I think every time I've shown Isaac the drums I've written, he's like, he's not too mean about it, but he is a bit like, oh man, like, this is like classic guitarist writes drums. Like, I'm sure it would be very different if it, if it were you writing drums, for instance, like someone who actually plays the instrument. Um, yeah, but maybe um, as a drummer, you, you'd be very wedded to particular drum conventions or whatever. So maybe it's true. cool that you're writing it in a different way and then he can just adapt it and make it playable mm. yeah that's true so yeah yeah I, the one thing i did try and do is i tried to make sure that i didn't have any parts where they were playing like a snare drum and three toms at the same time <laughs> like i tried oh, yeah, to straight stay mindful of the fact that drummers have two arms yes um, only two yeah unfortunately yeah sadly <laughs> at, at least at this point in time um but yeah that was our episode on terms um yeah don't forget if you enjoy this episode and even if you didn't give us five stars on spotify apple music whatever rate us up high yep. so more people can listen tell your friends so more, more people can listen and um yeah i don't know is there anything else people can do to support us uh they can follow us on instagram at music rules cast um, you can follow us on Twitter as well, even though uh, we don't really use the Twitter. Yeah, not really. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely follow us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, what else can you do to support us? Just keep being yourselves. Yeah, but Just keep being yourselves. Your lovely selves. That's right. Hold, hold us in your heart. Um, like maybe. And if you have listened this far to the end of the episode, you, um, you might be in the band's like terms. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I feel like I should give a gift to everybody who finishes an episode. Yeah, um, like so, just you know, give me your address, uh, phone number, um, passport number. Yeah, credit ID. card details. Yeah, just scan your scan Front your credit back. card. Send that to me. I, I, um, I saw a great meme. It was like um, it was like it was like what's your math core numbers? And then it was just like your math core numbers are. The numbers on the front and the back of your credit card. Post them below. <laughs> that could be fun, actually, to like to make a song that's just like your credit card numbers. <laughs> yeah, you could release an album just doxing yourself. You could like yeah, yeah, like and like people that have really um, people who are good at music theory, mm. they can uh, they can use your credit card yeah to make purchases if they can figure it out. That's right, and 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 if they've gone to that. You know, if they've gone to that extent to figure out those like twenty digits or whatever it is, like they deserve yeah. it. They deserve they do the deserve money. Deserve it. Come on. Just let them have it. Let them have it. Yeah, but yeah, we got to figure out a way to get people to stick around to listen to our songs. 
because they're, yeah. they're good songs that we're making. Yeah. We'll, we'll be watching all y'all in the analytics. If you, if you aren't listening, <laughs> we'll find out who you are. There's a 98% chance you're a man. <laughs> We've seen the gender breakdown for our podcast. It's not good. Yeah. It's not, it's not <laughs> that good. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're... Um, it was not intentional. We didn't intentionally no. curate an audience of only men. No, I thought I thought the Basil's Kite Spotify stats were bad, but this is way worse. <laughs> uh, it's all right. We should do a music rules live show and see how those demographics play out in real life. Oh uh, yeah, just yeah, that would be interesting. It has to be in a hundred capacity theater so that we can do a um yeah, a good uh an easy percentage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get, we can get men, everyone to stand in different women. corners of the room. <laughs> um, yeah, sweet. Well, thanks so much for listening. And don't forget, yep. music freaking rules. Spend every it day does. celebrating the goodness of music. I've been, honestly, I've been celebrating music much more often recently. Me too. I don't too. know if it's because of this podcast, but I've just been listening to music and uh, really enjoying it. I attribute it to the podcast. Yes. Yeah, 100%. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.